Hey, it's Christy. Welcome to Do the Work. Today and every day, we'll talk about things that really matter. You, your thoughts, your feelings, your experiences. We'll discuss what emotional work looks, sounds, and feels like in our day-to-day lives. Relationships are what matter most, and they can be complicated. If you'd like a better connection with yourself, with others, and with your God, you are in the right place. So glad you're here. Hello and welcome back to Do the Work. I'm here with Gracie Christensen today and grateful that you're here, Gracie. Will you introduce yourself for us? Yes, thanks for having me, Christy. Uh, Like you said, my name is Gracie Christensen. I'm from Gunnison, Utah. I'm assuming no one knows where that is. It's a super (laughs) small town in San Pete County. I'm also Miss Sam Pete, so that's been keeping me really busy. Um, Why didn't you wear your crown today? Oh, I should have. It's in my car, actually. <laughs> Did you drive around town in your car with your crown on? Yes, in case I get pulled over, I can show them. <laughs> Just kidding. Um, I'm a junior at Utah State University, and yeah, that's pretty much it. <laughs> wonderful. Do you have a family? Yes, I do. I live um, with my grandparents, actually, on their farm, and it's super fun. I have lots of cousins. I'm super close with all my aunts and uncles. and That's wonderful. Yeah. <laughs> well, I asked Gracie to come on the podcast today because she has listened to some of the podcasts, the previous podcasts, and she sent me some questions. And I said, will you come and ask the questions on the podcast? And so graciously, she said yes. So I'm so grateful you're here. And feel like your questions, Gracie, most people would not admit them. And they might be adjusted a little for different circumstances in other people's lives, but they're just so applicable. And so you sent me just a few questions, but we have some time to chat. So if more comes to your mind, ask me. Okay, perfect. Okay. (laughs) Okay. Do you want to share the first question? Yes. How do I not let other people's success make me sad? I sound, this is, I sound crazy, this question, but (laughs) Um, example was when a friend gets married, I'm so happy for them, but inside I also feel sad and jealous for moving on to that stage of life. First of all, you don't sound crazy. (laughs) You sound human. (laughs) That's the reality. Um, And the question is so applicable to so many things. As humans, we have this experience of envy or jealousy and it's not crazy It's human. I love Brene Brown's definition of the difference between envy and jealousy. Envy typically involves two people and occurs when one lacks something enjoyed by another. The target of envy may be a person or group of persons, but the focus of envy is that one lacks something compared with a specific target, whether it be a target, an individual, or a target group. So envy is I want something that you have right? Jealousy, her definition is when we fear losing a relationship or a valued part of a relationship that we already have. So jealousy typically involves three people and occurs when one fears losing someone to another person. Envy and jealousy result from different situations. They generate distinct appraisals and produce distinctive emotional experiences. So isn't that an interesting thing? to? So your question was, how do I not feel sad when other people have success or when a friend gets married, I'm happy for them, but inside, inside I'm also sad. Yes. And, yes. Cause I and, feel like I'm losing them as a friend yes. when they move on to that stage of life, which so, I know isn't true, but yeah. So you're feeling a little envy and a little jealousy. It sounds yes. like the fact of losing a friend, but also I want to get married. Yeah. I want that experience too. Uh-huh. Right. Okay. So I'm curious when you feel those feelings, 
What are your next thoughts? Where do you go after that? So your friend gets in, let's say your friend's like, it happened. Tonight's the night. I'm getting engaged. What goes through your mind there? Uh, well, this actually just happened. My roommate just barely got engaged yesterday and I was so, so, so happy for her. But then I'm like, wait, like you're not supposed to be getting married. We have all these plans to hang out. We're supposed to room together in the fall, whatever, whatever. So, yeah. but then I feel bad for not being 100% happy for them. And like, I'm a bad friend in person, but yeah. Yeah. Okay. So you just described again, that human experience where shame comes in. So you have an experience and you feel something. And because we don't know that shame is going to come in and kind of attack the experience, we just believe it. So, you know, I'm a bad friend or what is wrong with me? Why can I not be happy yes, for her? Yes. Right. And there's other options. Another option instead of that option is to say, wait, it makes perfect sense that I feel sad. I had expectations of rooming with her and doing different activities with her. And now that's going to be different. That won't be my experience. That makes perfect sense that I would feel sad. Yeah. I'm curious when I say that, how does that feel inside? Uh, it feels validating to my feelings that, oh, it makes perfect sense why I'd feel that and mm -hmm. makes me feel less crazy uh -huh. for feeling that way. And sometimes people don't like to validate because that, or don't even like that feeling of validation because it brings emotion and we don't like to cry. We don't like people yeah. to know how we're feeling, right? Yes. We've, we've learned to hide that in different ways. And so even validation sometimes feels uncomfortable to us unless we we're in a trusted conversation with someone or, but I would just say, get comfortable with that discomfort of validation and even a feeling. I'm a good crier. I believe in letting our emotions like that we can feel emotion and that it's not weak. It's just human. And a big reason that feels important to me is because validation to be heard is to heal. And when we are seen and cared for in our experiences, we can move through them so much easier than if we just shut down the emotion or we shut down the feeling like I should not be thinking that. Like, I mean, I'm guessing there are some people in your life that if you're like, dang it, what's your roommate's name? Taylor. <laughs> Taylor just got engaged. And I'm guessing that there, you have some people in your life that would be like, you should be happy for her. That yeah, is a yes. great thing, right? But really, so if we're the person on the other side of this experience, the greatest gift we can give is to see and hear the other person. Ah, oh, it makes sense that you feel sad. Mm -hmm. I'm so sorry. That, does, that would feel like a loss. Mm -hmm. And then the other person, it's like our heart and our mind can open a little bit. Tell me how that feels. I already said this, but it just feels very validating to my feelings and that I'm not a bad person or a friend for feeling that way I do. Yeah. You're not a bad person. Oh, okay. <laughs> Thank you. Shame will always try to come in. It, it attacks the person and not the behavior. Uh -huh. Another good question to ask yourself, Gracie, is when I have these experiences, do I beat myself up? Do I beat my friend up? Like sometimes we'll get to a place where like, She's an idiot. Like she totally told me that we could room together mm -hmm. and right. We'll start yeah. beating the other person up. Yes. And I um, feel anger and like not resentment, yeah. but yeah. Just yeah. Anger. Frustration. So here's the thing about anger. Anger is always a protective emotion. So do you know when you go to anger, do you know what emotion like in this? Maybe you didn't feel anger in this experience, but maybe you did. But just notice, I won't ask you in this experience, but just notice when you feel angry, when I get angry and I 
can get there. <laughs> Easy. <laughs> I will stop and say to myself, what emotion is anger trying to protect? Yeah. Or what inside of me is this trying to protect? Because it's always a secondary emotion. Any other questions about that? No, I think you covered it. <laughs> Good. Okay. What's your next question, Gracie? Okay. So background is I'm 20 years old and I live in Utah and I feel like there's a certain timeline that you have to follow that you should be married by a certain age, have kids. And I feel like growing up too, you set expectations for yourself like, oh, by the time I'm this age, I'll definitely have this accomplished, whatever, whatever. So something I asked Christy was, I always feel like I'm running out of time each year. I always feel like I have to follow a certain timeline. Mm. How do I deal mm. with that? So you have a belief that there's a timeline. Let's give language to that. Yes, yes. What's the time? Like, give me, give me like your specific timeline. What? I guess I just feel like in high school when I was younger, I was like, oh, by the time I'm 20, I'll for sure be married. I'll be graduated to college. I'll have a great career. I'll have all these things done. And then I am 20 and I'm like, oh, I don't have any of those things. So I almost feel that like let down kind of. Yeah. I have so you accomplished the things that I've wanted to by a certain age. Yes. And other people my age have accomplished those. So why? Haven't I and why am I behind? Yes. Kind of. Yes. That makes sense. Yes. The comparison. Yes. Yes. And it's all comparison. (laughs) Oh, but it's so hard not to. And they're like, oh, just don't compare yourself. Okay. (laughs) Well, you know what? Comparison, again, is a human experience. Mm -hmm. It's it's a really common experience. We compare for lots of different reasons. And you hear the um, lots of different phrases about comparison. Comparison is the thief of joy. Yes. Yes. Or our time is limited. So don't waste it living someone else's life. Steve Jobs, Brene Brown said, comparison is the crush of conformity from one side and competition from the other. It's trying to simultaneously fit in and stand out. That Ring any bells? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. I loved that definition as well, too, that when we're comparing, we're trying to make sure we fit in, but we also want to be noticed and make sure that we're okay mm-hmm. in that fitting in. Yes. So I don't know, Gracie, if you've heard this in any of the pod- previous podcasts, but there's something called false beliefs. And we go through life and we build, it's almost like we build a lens that we see the world through. And in that lens, there are absolute truths, like the sun rises in the morning. And, you know, if you step off a cliff, you're going to fall. There's gravity Mm -hmm. and there's all kinds of absolute truths. But what happens as we're building this perception, you know, our, our lens that we see the world through is we, we also gather some false beliefs and false beliefs present as truth. So we believe, so I just heard you say that I should be graduated and married by the time I'm 20. That's a belief you have, (laughs) right? (laughs) But if we line that up with the truth or like absolute truth, you, well, first of all, you believe that, like you believe the sun's supposed to come up in the Uh morning or is going to come up. And so that's where it gets messy because it's like, well, the truth is the sun is going to come up in the morning. And this feels just as true as that. Uh-huh. Deep down, I really don't believe that. I'm like, no, it's fine. I can do whatever. But then I see all my friends. I'm like, well, they're, they've done that at this age. So why? Like, is something yeah. wrong with me that I'm not? Yes. Yeah. You're living inside of the experience. You're at school. You're not married. You're just plugging along through your life. And what happens is you leave the present to compare. Like, oh, they're doing that. Mm-hmm. That's this is their life. So you leave today, two twenty eight 
at on this specific day and you start living in a different space, Yeah, which can be very confusing. We leave our agency when we leave the present. So as soon as we start comparing ourselves, Gracie, then we leave our literal ability to choose. And we just start kind of spinning in this world that actually doesn't exist, that somehow you're supposed to be living the same life as these other people, right? which is actually impossible. Like if I were to say that to you, you'd be like, oh, that's cute. Like, <laughs> no, yeah, <laughs> you would, right? You'd look at me and say, oh, no. There's so much good that's going on in your life. Uh And just to be clear, I'm 53 and I go to this space in lots of different ways. Mm -hmm. So this doesn't just go away because you get older. Comparison is always going to be an invitation. There's a lot of reasons people will tell us why we compare. It's human. You know, it's just natural. It's normal. Something that's really important to understand is that we compare because we feel like we're not enough. Yeah, we don't matter. That was something I had in my notes a lot. That was like, why am I not like good enough? Why am I not doing enough? Those were yes. a common phrase. Yes. And and so instead of just validating and learning how to like self-soothe in a, in a way of like, hey, I'm okay. I, this is the path I've chosen. I'm connectable. I'm doing things to better my life. I'm receiving an education. Instead of that, we go to comparison and The reason we go to comparison is either we want to be better than or we put ourselves as less than. Yeah. And it's amazing how quick we can do both of those things. Uh Right. Well, at least I'm I'm single, but at least I'm not like that single. I was just going to say that I feel like a lot of times like, well, like at least I don't have this or like at least I'm not doing this that they're doing. But then I feel like that's not healthy either because then I'm like you said, putting myself above them in a way to try to make myself feel better. That's exactly it. And again, it feels better for a second, but it actually feeds that shame still. It's like, it's like we're, you know, hungry and we're eating cotton candy. Like, why can I not get full? (laughs) Yes, that's true. Or or why do I not feel nourished? Because we're trying to nourish our thing, ourself with things that do not fill and actually are not the truth. So I was at the gym and um, I, I went to this gym where they did, had these three different places working. I was probably 50 the time, I don't know, 49, 50. And this cute girl gets on the treadmill next to me and I'm a runner. So, well, I'm a jogger, but on a mm-hmm. treadmill I can do. Okay. So I'm like <laughs> feeling good about myself. You know, I'm just doing my thing and listening to the instructions from the instructor. And this girl gets on and she's just kind of walking and then she's kind of slow jogging. And then all of a sudden she like picks up her pace and she starts going faster and faster all of a sudden, I hear myself inside. Well, at least I'm this. Yeah. Well, at least I'm. It's like, what is going on? <laughs> We're not in a race. <laughs> this is in no part. I don't know this person's name. I don't know her life story. Somehow, all of a sudden, because something inside of me said, "Oh, what you're doing isn't good enough." Yeah. So then, I immediately had to make myself better than the other person, and that is shame. That is fear. That's comparison. It is never helpful for us. So because I'm aware of that, I could quickly say, whoa, hold on. And I I say this to myself on a really regular basis. I am enough. I matter. I'm worthy of love. I am safe. I will remind myself of the truth. How often do you say that to yourself? 
Not enough. Zero to two? Yeah. (laughs) In your life? Yeah. (laughs) We don't know it because we don't know that we're hearing those messages, Mm -hmm. right? So again, this doesn't go away because of age. We'll find ways to compare or to compete, but it's always a counterfeit. What we're looking for is safety. Mm -hmm. What we're looking for is to matter, to have value. And we came to the earth with that. We are not here to prove it. We're here to learn, grow, and progress. And I know I've said that. Oh, and yes. I'm say I it heard in that every, in your last podcast. <laughs> in every podcast, I'll probably say that. <laughs> so because, I don't know if you know if the, a good answer to this, but how do you stop those feelings of comparison then when they arise or like what? So comparison is a practice. It's something that you probably learned to do when you were younger. We actually teach it to our children really well. Mm-hmm. Go be nice like your sister or don't be a brat like your sister or brother. Yeah. We, we teach our children to compare without knowing that we're teaching them that. So you probably learned it young. It's also just kind of a natural instinct that we do to kind of find safety in our lives. So it's a practice. It's a commitment to self that I will not use that practice to soothe or to find peace inside of myself. Yeah. So Gracie, you didn't ask this, but this is where this goes. When someone doesn't know how to self-validate or how to work through emotions or how to um, not compare or, you know, not give in to some of these practices that are harmful, this is where addiction comes from. This is where harmful behaviors and harmful um, things that we do that hurt ourselves and others that we love, all in an effort to distract from those fears that I'm not enough, I don't matter. I'm not worthy of love. And when we don't know how to just go straight at it, like to compare ourselves can actually be an addictive way of thinking. Yeah. And so it's it's a total commitment to looking and inside, what am I afraid of? Why am I running from, you know, am I running from something? What's going on here? And then just a commitment. Every time you find yourself comparing, do this. Validate. It makes sense. So I'm taking myself back into the gym. P.S. Back to the gym. (laughs) Actually, after that, I got my phone out and I started asking people in the gym, do you ever feel like you have to compare or compete with the person next to you? Oh, wow. (laughs) Just random people. Because I was just, I was like in the middle of my, I started coaching, I don't know, a couple of years before that. And I was, I know this is a human experience. And it was so sweet because this random man and maybe two men and a couple of women, I can't remember. They're like, every time. Yeah. Yeah. It It is, yes. And I said, do you come to the gym to be better than everyone else? They're like, no. Yeah. I come to work out. But we have these experiences. This can happen in the grocery store. It can happen wherever. So yeah. go back to the experience. So if I take myself back into that, into that gym, my first thing I'm going to do is validate that I'm not an idiot, that I'm just human. Mm-hmm. It makes sense. It's okay that I felt afraid. Or that I wanted to compare. Yeah. And then I tell myself the truth. The truth is I'm here at the gym to exercise, not to be better. I'm grateful for my body. I'm so thankful for the ability I had to pay for the membership to come to this gym. I come back to the facts and I get out of that swampy thinking space that just can take you. I mean, by the end of that thinking, a crazy thinking space, you can be like, I'm never coming back to the gym again. I hate yeah. this place. 
Yeah. All because of the thoughts that, that I allowed myself to think. So validate and then come back to the truth. And I will very often, and you know, I said some of the things that I reminded myself why I'm at the gym, what's my purpose. And then I'll, I would say, I matter. I'm worthy of love. I am safe. I'm enough. I have to start saying those every day. <laughs> I encourage clients to put them everywhere. Yeah. And to continually say them because if we've never had this conversation, if you've never heard this podcast or someone else talk about this, you have no idea that that's even a skewed way of thinking. It just feels true. Yeah. So it feels true that I should be married and done with school at 20. It feels true that I have to prove my worth, but those are just lies. Yeah. They're not true. I'll have to start believing that. <laughs> <laughs> you get to choose. You get to choose to start believing. Yeah. Sometimes we have life experiences, Gracie, and I don't know. I don't I don't know your life experiences. But sometimes we have life experiences when we're young that are traumatic and and that makes it even harder for someone to believe and to know because it it feels pretty ingrained in their brain that oh, I must not matter mm-hmm. because I had these experiences. That is not true. I had a client in my office and every time I would say that to her, she would put her head down and she would not look up at me. I said, can you look at me when I say that? Not only that, she would like fold her arms and her legs and she would get all, almost like she was going into protection, you know, those little roly polies. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) She'd get, she'd start to protect. And then I eventually I would say, can you look at me when I say, and she goes, no. And I said, why can't you look at me? When I say it, I just can't even imagine that that is true. And if you knew her life story, it makes sense Mm -hmm. that that's hard for her. But whether we're on that extreme or whether we've had a beautiful childhood and and every human is going to hear those messages that you're not enough, you don't matter, you're not worthy of love in, in lots of different forms. Yeah. Okay. Did I answer your question? Yes, you did. Thanks. <laughs> okay. What's your next what's your next thought? Um always feeling like I'm like running out of time. Like I have to accomplish a certain amount of things while I'm like young and like in my twenties and stuff before I like I don't know. I guess it's just false beliefs too. Like I only have a few years to travel and like see the world and graduate college right now before I have to get married and not <laughs> Yeah. Before I, I have to, now you're having to get married. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't that interesting? That's what shame does. I have to get married. I'm never going to get married. <laughs> right? That's what shame does. It will just flip you back and forth. Yeah. So where did you get those beliefs? Uh, I feel like this isn't everyone, but I feel like growing up in Utah a lot, that's just kind of what you see. Like, oh, you get married young, you have kids young, mm. whatever, whatever. So that's but, been modeled for you? Yes. I guess like culture. Yeah. I'm curious. And like religion. I get that's probably the biggest. Okay. Yeah. I'm curious. When you meet up with your aunts and uncles or your neighbors, what are the first questions they ask you? Well, everyone I see, especially this summer, because I've been living at home, it's always, are you dating anyone? Or well, how, like, what are you doing for college? What's your major? Like, what's your life plan? And it just gets kind of overwhelming because that's all I'm being asked and like talked about is, just what are your life plans? What are your, yeah, just like all about the future. I'm like, just ask me how my day is right now. <laughs> it just gets overwhelming because that's like the big question at this age is. I beg it's all about the future. Yeah. Just it's like a lot of pressure to know it all right now. Yes. 
I'm begging you to say, I'll answer that question, but how's your marriage? Yeah. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> I know I should. I know, even at work, people I like don't even know. They're like, oh, Gracie, like, are you dating anyone? I'm like, I don't even know you. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know my last name? Yeah. yeah. I'm like, why would I talk to you about this? You know but, what, Gracie? So there's one place that that comes from, right? It's When we feel fear around it, we see that as pressure. Every time mm-hmm. someone asks that question, we feel that, that it's like pressure. Like I should have an answer or I should be dating someone yeah. or what's wrong with me for not dating someone. How does it feel to just say, no. I know I should. I usually just lie. I'm like, yeah, it's just a lot of people. <laughs> or when people ask me my major, I just make up one. Cause I don't want to be like, I have no clue what I'm doing with my life. <laughs> okay. Oh, Gracie, I'm so glad you're here because that need or that desire to, to like create something that they'll like, like somehow I've got to answer this in a way that you're going to appreciate or yes. that you'll think highly of me. Yes. I feel bad doing that, but it's true. Yeah. I usually just lie about it. Yeah. Well, here's the truth. Every time you do that, you abandon you. Mm-hmm. And then you're going to feel worse about you because you're going to feel like I have to show up for all these people. But, yeah. but in truth, the goal is connection. Connection with yourself, with others, and with your God or higher power. Mm-hmm. So every time that you, you have to be like, oh yeah, just a lot of people. <laughs> the truth is you don't have to date anybody. Yeah, You get to date when you want to date and not date when you don't want to date. And if other people are uncomfortable with that, that's about them. That's not about you. Mm-hmm. So this timeline that you're talking, like I'm so worried as the, as the years go by, that's coming from your false beliefs and your need for approval. Yeah. From I feel like, people. yeah, the biggest thing is just wanting to be like validated by others and yeah, their well, need for approval, even just like random strangers that I should not care about at all. But I'm like, Oh, I want you to think I'm so cool and awesome. Yeah. Even though it really doesn't matter. So if you're so cool and awesome, what would that mean about you? That I'm cool. And awesome. <laughs> yeah. That you're okay. Yeah. Right. That you matter. Yes. I feel like I care a lot about what other people say. Yeah. Your willingness, Gracie, first of all, your willingness to say that on the, this podcast and to just be honest about it is so refreshing because I promise you every person that's listening to this and all the ones that aren't <laughs> also care what other people think about them in yeah. one way or another. May, they may not be aware of it, as aware of it as you are, but they feel that. And what I would invite you to consider is, are you willing to care about you. Yeah. And if you are, then you, you'll be willing to let go more and more of what they think about you. I actually think we'll probably be good and dead for a long time Mm -hmm. before we let go of that, that like we have a fear of abandonment and of being alone. And so if you like me, then I won't be alone. I'll be okay. I'll, I'll matter. Yes, that yeah. If they like me, then I'll, then I matter. If the, all these people like me, then then I I'm fine. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so I'm curious. You did the Miss Sampete County pageant. Uh-huh. You won. Yes, I did. Okay, <laughs> I so don't the, know how, but I did. <laughs> I know how. <laughs> so the goal was to win, mm-hmm. and wouldn't that be amazing? And now I'm Miss Sampete. Did these feelings go away because now you have that crown? No, they actually got worse. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was it was really hard. I did Miss Utah, and it was just I'm surrounded by the most talented and intelligent and 
beautiful girls in Utah and all week. It was super fun. Miss Utah week was, but also those feelings of, oh, I'm actually not cool and smart and pretty. Like I thought I was <laughs> just being surrounded by all these awesome people, which then again, I felt bad because it was such a cool experience and I should be having so much fun. But the thoughts in my brain were, oh, dang it. She's so cool. And I'm not, she's so pretty and I'm not, she's so talented and I'm yeah. not. Yes. So it's hard to Balance. First of all, pageants are a setup for shame. Yes. Just in yes. case you're wondering. They're <laughs> here like, come here and let's see if you've, I, I promise yes. you, if we sat all the contestants down, how many were there? 48 at Miss Utah. I was, that's almost like as many states. Yeah. It's kind of cool. Okay, 48 counties then. So 48 girls. Yeah. I bet you if each one of them were sitting in this chair, every one of them would share similar thoughts and mm -hmm. feelings that they have, which yeah. is. Again, just a human experience. So you went into the pageant without any armor. Yeah. You went in like, am I okay? Am I okay? But you didn't have any of the tools to say, this isn't, I'm not here to prove my worth. Yeah. I'm here to have this experience and to, you know, show my talent and to learn and grow and progress. Yeah. And I feel like I have, well, I do have a lot of regret just from that experience too, because I wasn't able to enjoy it really. Because. Yeah. Because yeah, you were busy trying to prove your worth. I comparing myself the whole time and exactly feeling right. less than. Yes. This happens in the workplace. This happens in families. Mm -hmm. This happens in friendships. So thank you for sharing that. And you can have a little regret, but I would invite you to just see it as an experience. Like, wow, I did not know how to speak truth to myself through that whole week. I was just mm -hmm. constantly trying to make sure that I mattered and that I was enough. Yeah. And when I wasn't, I just like beat myself up mm -hmm. instead of I, what's my motive. So here's the question that is so critical. What is my motive for coming to this pageant? And most people would be to win yeah, or to be great. Why do I want to win? And if you hear yourself saying, because then I'll matter. Yeah. Well, first of all, good job for no, recognizing that that's an actual thought that you might have. But then you can change your motive. Mm -hmm. Change your motive. If it's to prove to people that I'm good, change your motive. Yeah, that was a big reason why I wanted to win Miss Ampete. Yeah. So bad. <laughs> yeah. It's just because, yeah, I was like, oh, if I win this, then I am good. Or like, yeah, yeah. I, I can prove myself to others. And Yeah. I'm, I'm about to record a, a podcast on fault summits. And this, like, if I win this, then... Or if I do this, then. Yes. And then the next day comes and it's like, hold up. Uh-huh. <laughs> this, this isn't the end. Like, I still feel it's still me. Yeah. I got a few more texts, but those have slowed down too. Uh-huh. Right? It's just this invitation, a constant invitation to learn how to take care of yourself. So we talk about self-care. And lots of people, when you're like, do some self-care, like, awesome, getting my toes done. My <laughs> That's nice. But that's not self-care. Self-care is actually emotionally treating yourself like you matter. So it's committing to not compare. And when you find yourself comparing, moving out of it. It's committing to ask yourself, what is my motive? Why do I, you know, why am I bringing this to the family party? Or why am, why am I trying out for this? Or why do I need to get straight A's? What is my motive? And if you hear in any part, because then I'll matter, or then people will know I'm smart, uh -huh. or I have to be, like, 
everyone knows this is my talent. Yeah. Then you back it up. You validate, make sense that I want to be seen or heard. And I'm enough. I matter. I'm worthy of love. And I want to learn. I want to connect with people. If we'll choose to make our motive connection, it will change our experiences in a massive way. So let's like go back in the calendar. You're headed to Miss Utah. What if your motive was to connect with as many people as you could connect with? I would have had a lot better experience than just trying to prove myself the whole week. And yeah, it would have been different, yeah. right? And you would have left more full. Yes, more fulfilled. Yes. So use that one experience. You're going to have hundreds of other experiences just like it. Use this experience to remind yourself, to ask yourself, what's my motive? Do I want to connect? And remind yourself that connection is what your brain really wants. Mm -hmm. It wants connection. And then give yourself a lot of space to make mistakes so that you can clean them up. And then move forward again. Yeah. Well, I'm good at making mistakes, so. <laughs> <laughs> You're good at being human. Okay, what else? Um, I really liked what you said about fall summits, because I feel like a lot of the time I say, oh, once I do this, I can be happy. Like, after I graduate college, I'll be happy. After I win Miss Sampy or do this, I'll be happy. Yeah. But it just turns into a never-ending cycle of, oh, well, I'm actually never happy because I'm just, like, looking for the next thing. I don't know. So we're looking outside of ourselves to find peace and happiness yeah. instead of the source of where that comes from. Yes. Almost like a to-do list of like, once I do all these things, mm-hmm. I can finally be happy. Mm-hmm. Putting it off almost. I don't know. Yes. And by the way, when we're checking off the list, we're missing opportunities for connection too, which is actually, again, what what creates this, I don't know, have you ever just sat with someone and had an honest conversation where you felt connection with them yeah you're not going to find that in lot you might have like a moment of happiness Mm -hmm. but that satisfaction of connection it's so different and it's fulfilling and we don't see it as okay now I'm important or Mm -hmm. now I matter it's just we're seen and we see you said something can I remind you of something you said yes you can (laughs) you said it's hard keeping friends when you're all in such different stages of life that is a good one so my question for you is tell me more about what do you mean that it's hard keeping friends what does that mean to you um when I'm living at college with my roommates it's super easy to be friends with them because I'm living with them I'm seeing them every day it's like convenience almost but when it's like for example Courtney Mm. for those who don't know Christy's son married my best friend Courtney so that's how Mm -hmm. anyways but, for example, Courtney, we were roommates, so of course we were going to hang out every day and be super close. But then when she got married and moved to Hawaii, it suddenly became so hard because she wasn't right next to me in her room. She was across, she was on the yeah. island. <laughs> so now we have to, like, plan out FaceTimes or, like, certain things. And it just, it's super hard. And, yeah, it's just sad because I'm like, oh, like, I don't know. It's just hard. So there's loss. Yes. Yeah. There's loss. And lots of times we don't know how to say, I feel a loss. We're just like, do you hate me? <laughs> Why, where are you? Why did yes. you leave? Right? Yeah. We don't know how to say, oh, I feel this loss mm-hmm. with you being gone. So how do you feel about change? I don't like it. I just want everyone to stay the same forever. <laughs> <laughs> change can be challenging for sure, because especially when we have an expectation of something different. Yeah. 
But that is part of emotionally maturing, is learning how to work and move through change. Mm -hmm. So you said it's hard keeping friends. But what if you change the narrative of that to, I'm not sure how to adjust in my friendships Mm -hmm. as we move, you know, into different phases of life or from different locations. Yeah. Because you're not losing a friend. Right. So yeah. like if, if you pass Courtney in the mall, would you be like, we're not friends. <laughs> yeah, no, I lost you. You moved home. You wouldn't, no, right? No, no, no. She's your friend. Yeah. But your, your work, your work is to be able to say, oh, I miss you. Mm-hmm. You have been such an important part of my life for so long. And now you're in a different space in life and I'm in a different space in life than you. Yeah. And yeah, I really want to connect. So what would feel good to you from your perspective? What are ways that we could connect? And here's something that would feel good to me. Yeah. But it's shifting. It's learning. It's growing. It's progressing. But that emotional maturity that I didn't lose you, it's just changed. Yeah. And to feel the loss. Honestly, it sounds like you don't want to feel the loss. Yeah. You want to say like, no, we've got it. We've got to keep this. Uh-huh. But it's hard to accept that those things won't. Those good things won't like last forever yeah and can't stay that way yes good things can last forever but they're different yeah they're yes, just that's different way to yeah because can you hear the finality like the end we're done uh-huh. it's not true that experience you won't you you and Courtney will likely never live in a dorm room again together yeah, probably not <laughs> your ability to emotionally move through it will actually allow you to have a better connection, even though there's more space. Mm-hmm. When we hold on to what we think it should be, we disconnect from ourselves and from the other person. Yeah. And then we do create space that is hard to reconnect in the end. Yeah. Yeah. I feel that way a lot of holding on to things, like making them seem like they should be a certain way and having expectations for ways things should go. But yes. then I'm disappointed because I've created these false realities and expectations yes in my head so so good oh gracie we could talk a (laughs) lot longer and address so much of what you just said we have to close and at the end of every podcast i want to ask a question that helps our listeners think about okay what can i take this week and work on so from all that we've discussed today is there something that you would say okay here's a gem here's here's what I can work on this week, or here's what our listeners could work on, Mm -hmm. how they could do the work. Oh, there's so many, but uh, I guess one, just like how noticing when you're comparing yourself to someone and finding the motive as to why, because yeah, I feel like a lot of the time we do it without realizing that we're comparing, but just really getting down to the bottom of why we're doing it and finding the motive as to why is a good start. Beautiful. To note, <laughs> <hope that's> good. <laughs> first and foremost, to notice that I'm comparing. Yes. Yeah. Why am I comparing? Validate ourselves. Don't beat ourselves up. Yes. And validating ourselves is a big one. Yeah. Gracie, thank you. <laughs> thank you so much for being open and honest today on the podcast. I'm so grateful that you came. Thank you. You're the best. You will have many choices in your day and in your week. Gracie and I hope that you'll choose to do the work. If you'd like to be a guest on the podcast, share a written experience, or ask me a question, go to coachchristy.life and fill out the podcast questionnaire, and we'll be in touch with you soon. There are no dumb questions or experiences, just opportunities to learn and do the work. Have a great week.